Morning, church. Welcome to Bowen Springs Baptist Church on Super Sunday. And it is a great opportunity to worship and be together today. And we're just glad that you're here to do that. Any of our guests or first-time visitors that are with us today, when you leave, there will be someone at the welcome table in the vestibule. We've got a gift for you, and we'd love to be able to give you and your family a gift. There'll be a little card you can fill out there at the table so that we can get the opportunity to get to know you and set up a time for uh, maybe a visit or a phone call or the opportunity just to, to dialogue together. So we're... Uh, we want to invite you to be able to do that. So if you're visiting with us for the first time, I'd invite you to go out by the welcome table on your way out today. Also, if you have any prayer needs or care concerns as far as our care ministry goes, there's some slips on that welcome table. We'd invite you to fill one of those out and leave it at the table this morning so that we can um, get those requests prayed for and get those care ministry opportunities into the care teams that meet on Wednesday nights. Well, today is a special day in the life of our church. We will recognize our scouting ministry. And I know we've got many families that are here with their scouts, and we are very proud of what the scouting ministry has done through the years and what it is today. So we're glad to have them here, and at this time we'll let them proceed in. Would everyone please stand and join us in standing Attention, salute, play. I play for the Welcome to Scout Sunday. Uh, it's great to be here today. It's great to see all y'all. Um, we uh, we just want to, uh, as a troop, uh, to thank the church for the many years of support that y'all have given us. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about our program, which is down a little bit in size now, uh, but we figure maybe it's uh, quality and not quantity that we're uh, working with right now. Um, Tell you a little bit about what we have as a Cub Scout program. We have 31 Cubs today. We just have one here today, which is a member of our church. Uh, and, and, and our Cub Master, you know, is took a job as a youth, youth minister at another church, uh, but he is still remaining our Cub Master. And he was preaching today, so he wasn't able to be here. That's Ari Bottoms, and, and Cheryl and his family are with him today. And so they, uh, they wanted to convey their thanks and, and their apologies for not being able to be here today. Uh, but they, they have something that's more pressing. Um, we have, as I said, 31 Cub Scouts and five leaders. Uh, and, and in the Boy Scout troop, we have 16 Scouts on our charter now and nine registered leaders. Uh, and um, this past year, we, uh, we had two boys attain the rank of Eagle, which is... Uh, I think the 80, it was the 81st Eagle for Troop 117 in Bull Springs Baptist Church. Uh, there is a plaque uh, outside the sanctuary here as you go uh, out of the backside of the sanctuary here that lists all the Eagles. It doesn't have the 2015 Eagles on it yet. The two boys that attained their Eagle this year, are, I, didn't, I wasn't able to get them on yet, but um, they will be on there soon. Uh, and I think this 81 Eagles that our troop has had over the years. We are nearing, I think next year will be our 75th anniversary as a chartered organization through our church. And so it will be a special time for us. A um, little bit about our troop. Otherwise, this year um, we, uh, we attained what Boy Scouts call the Journey to Excellence Gold Award, the highest award that a troop can, can attain uh, for advancement and for membership retainment uh, and participation in events. 
Uh, and so we, we as a troop attained the Gold uh, Journey to Excellence Award. We also had one other uh, accolade this year that I'm really proud of our boys. Um, we took 16 boys to scout camp, which is the smallest group of scouts that I've ever taken to scout camp. But we attained uh, the best of Bud Shield week five for the third year in a row. And so we're very proud of that. And, and we're just very thankful that we have the opportunity to, to participate in all these events through the support that we get through the church. And, uh, you know, and, and as if you notice the roster that uh, is listed here, like I said, we have one Cub Scout out of 31 boys that's a member of our church. And then uh, we don't have any boys in our scout troop that are members of our church at this time. And so we are touching a lot of families and, in our outreach through our scout ministry, and we're very grateful to the church for continuing to support us. Um, one other thing that we did this year uh, that we, as, as a troop, is a very uh, important ministry to us is the food pantry. And we, we raised 2,300 pounds of food, collect 2,300 pounds of food, on our uh, Scouting for Food drive in November. And a lot of that support continues to come from a church here and, and our community, and we just, we just thank you for continuing to support us. Good morning. In honor of... Boy Scout Sunday, I will ask the body of the church to please pray for the nation of England, which is where the Boy Scout movement finds its roots. There are several issues going on in England that we need to be notified of. One of the issues is the refugee crisis that is still going on with England and their struggle on how to deal with the problem. Another issue is our brothers and sisters in England who are going through a spiritual crisis right now. The Church of England is rapidly declining for the past 10 years, and we need to pray that the Spirit will bring about a revival in that country. So can you please all join me as we pray to our Father in Heaven. Dear Lord, we come to you today, Lord God, first, Lord, to give you praise, Lord, for these strong scouts, Lord God Almighty, and give you praise, Lord God, for giving us the opportunity to support them, Lord. And we lift up the country of England, Lord God Almighty, where this movement began, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you bless them and watch over them, Lord God, as they deal with these crises, Lord. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that you hear our prayers, Lord, and that you watch over them and comfort them and help them, Lord God, to give them the wisdom they need to deal with the refugees and give them the strength they need, Lord God, to deal with the spiritual crisis, Lord. Thank you, God, for giving us this opportunity to be of help. And thank you, Lord God, for strengthening us, Lord, and for hearing our prayers. In your name, Lord, we do pray. Amen.
As we continue in our worship this morning, you will need your bulletin for the words to our first song. We'll be singing Shout to the Lord. Please stand as we sing. I invite the children to come forward for a lesson on the step. Good morning. How are you? We got one more coming. I'm so glad to see y'all today. What is the month of February about? What? Valentine's Day. And what is next Sunday? Valentine's Day. And what does Valentine's Day mean? What do you love? Do we have a love in our life? Maybe. All right. Now, we're going to do a little experiment here. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to pass this bag around, and I want everybody to take two. Two. Just two. Can we do that? Okay. Now, please excuse, I'm giving them chocolate, but it'll be all right. Okay, everybody gets two pieces of chocolate. Now, while that bag is going around, I have an assignment for you. So you've got to think about this. Each of you have two kisses. Can you give it away? Can you keep it? Go. Go. 
Can you give it away or can you keep it? You got a minute or two, go give it away or keep it. You sit right here. Can you give your kissy away or do you keep it? All right, you hold on. Hold on tight, okay? All right, now I want to read a scripture to you. Listen carefully. Wait a minute, I got two more who are coming back. They've given away their kiss. Come on, Connor. All right, our scripture today is from Luke 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, the kiss that you just gave away... It's like God's love. God gives it to you every single day. And God would like for you to give it away to somebody else. So during this month of February, we as little children who are blessed with love unending are going to give some of it away to each other, to our family, and to our church. So just remember, this is the month of February, the month of love. God's love to us is endless. It never stops. You give it away, you get it back in return. But when it comes back to you, it comes back stronger. Because in your heart, you've given part of it away. And then God fills it back up. So this week, week before Valentine's Day, give somebody a little bit of love. Tell them you love them. Give them a hug. Just be nice. I know you can do that, can't you? Okay, before we pray, I want to remind the kids grades one through four that they can go with me after prayer time to kids worship in the fellowship hall. So let us pray. Dear Lord, as we enter into this special month that we think of as love, bless these children. They are so loved. And that love from the members of this church, from their family, from you is endless. You have given us a special gift. And through our love, we give it back. Thank you for this day. Thank you for being able to be with each other. It's in Jesus' name, your son, whom you loved but gave to us. Amen. Let's continue to praise God together as we sing hymn number 227, Praise Him, Praise Him. Please stand.
like to once again extend a w welcome to all of our guests this morning. We're glad to have uh, Alan Newcomb, our new youth minister, his parents with you. So glad, we're glad to have you from Winston-Salem this morning. Um, but if you're here today as a college student or a visiting just family or couple in our community, again, we are so glad that you're here today. Before I pray, let me mention just a couple things. One is another announcement and then uh, some prayer requests. But this coming Wednesday, we'll have a very special service here in the sanctuary at noon. Uh, we are combining with Boiling Springs United Methodist Church and Garden Web University to host an Ash Wednesday service. This type of service may be foreign to some of you, but, but may be familiar to, to others who grew up in different faith traditions. But uh, this will be a very special time. It will be about a 30 to 40 minute service to allow you to begin the preparation in your heart and mind for Easter, the season of Lent. And uh, that Easter this year will be on March the 27th. And this Wednesday will be exactly 40 days leading up to Easter. And that is excluding Sundays for those of you who have already started to do the math in your head. Um, let me mention one thing is that we are challenging our church family to listen through the New Testament. For some of you, reading through the New Testament might be a challenge, but you have 40 days if you're willing to listen through the New Testament. We have an MP3 disc, the whole New Testament on one disc, and these will be out in the lobby on the welcome desk after the service today if you would like to pick up one of these. There's also an app, Bible.is, Bible.is, or you can go to other apps on your phone uh, if you're that inclined that way, and you can uh, be reading or listening to the Scripture uh, that way as we prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday, March 27th. As we begin our prayer time this morning, let's be in prayer for the family of Catherine Kirby, a dearly loved church member who passed away this week at hospice here in Shelby. And uh, that service will be held for her on Tuesday at 2 o'clock with visitation at 1 o'clock in our um, Family Life Center, our LEC. And uh, the family will be gathering for a meal prior to that. But let's be in prayer for all the family as they and as we grieve her loss this week. And also be in prayer for Evelyn Allen, who is also at hospice. She is not doing well, and um, things are very critical there. Bob Blackburn is in the hospital today, but later this afternoon he will be at White Oak in Shelby for some continued rehab. But he is coming along well, and we are uh, excited about that and excited for Bob and Rose. But please keep them in your thoughts and prayers. You may have other concerns on your hearts and mind this week. I, as I sit up here and during the hymn, as I look out across the congregation, I'm aware that some of you have had some close calls with the traffic this week, with traffic incidences. Or some of you have had um, uh, maybe grieving the loss of a, of a family member, whether it was a cousin that passed away. Uh, we all have things that are going on in our lives this morning that we bring in here into worship. Let us be careful to lift those up to the Lord, to give those to the Lord. Uh, if Thanksgiving needs to be giving, let us do that. Uh, if confession needs to happen, let us also do that. But I'm going to give you just a moment to have your own prayer silently, and then I will lead us this morning in our prayer. Father, we have much to thank you and praise you for this morning. We're thankful for your son, the gift of his life and death and resurrection that is the reason that we find ourselves gathered here this day. Father, we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and our lives right where we are, right at the point of our need this day. We're thankful for Dale Bridges and his leadership with our scouts and for each of these young men who sit before us today. We ask for your blessings on their lives and on their families. We're thankful for the ways that they have chosen to grow and learn and to serve their community. Lord, as we have lifted up these uh, and mentioned these by name, we pray for the family of Catherine Kirby this morning, that you would comfort their grieving hearts. We pray for Evelyn Allen and her life and her family. We pray for Bob and Rose Blackburn. We pray for others, Lord, that are going through great physical difficulties at home with doctor visits and regulating medicine and other things that uh, come with life and with age. Father, we pray that, Lord, that in the midst of all the distractions and all the things that our minds will uh, be tempted to, to the things that the world would lead us away from you, Father, we pray that we would lift each of these up to you. We pray, Lord, that we would commit them to you and that, Father, we would do something that is very, very difficult for all of us, that, Lord, we would trust you. And we would walk by faith, knowing, Father, that your will is being accomplished in our lives, even though we may not fully understand what is taking place in and through us. But, Father, help us to look to you, to trust you, and to walk with you each day. Father, we long to experience your presence. Father, we have things in our life and in our world that do excite us and that do fill us with joy. But, Father, nothing can compare to the peace 
that passes all understanding that comes in a relationship with you. And Father, I pray for each one here today. Lord, we're all at different places in our spiritual growth. Some may be here today and just trying out the church and just thinking about what all this means about worship and God and Jesus and the Spirit. Father, we pray that you would speak to their heart today. Lord, for those who um, are mature in their faith, Lord, who um, have learned a lot, who know a lot, Father, challenge them this day as well. Challenge each of us in this place in the ways that we need to be challenged. Comfort us in ways that we need to be comforted. And Father, may we leave this place saying it's good to have been in your house. We love you, Father, and we lift up this day to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next song is hymn number 509, Your Love, O God, Has Called Us Here. I think you'll recognize the tune even if these words aren't familiar to you. But let's um, stand and sing this hymn as we prepare our hearts to hear the message that Keith is bringing to us this morning. Please stand. In the presence of my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, I'm going to claim a promise that Jesus made to me that says that trust me and try me and prove me herewith saith the Lord of hosts and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you that there will not be room enough to receive them. To me, one of the saddest parts of Christian life is our failure to claim the promises that God makes to us in his word. I claim that promise this morning. I know that my God is able. I know that he's very capable of opening up the windows of heaven. And I know that those blessings are real. So before you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I claim that promise this morning. Father, it's with grateful hearts that we buy in your presence to give you thanks for the day. A day, Father, when we can draw aside from the cares of the world and focus our hearts and our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this morning, Father, that you would would remove anything from our heart or from our mind that would hinder us from being able to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, Father, that as we turn our thoughts and minds to a time of giving, Lord, that you would take the tithes and the offerings, Father, and that you would bless them. I pray, Father, that you would multiply them, and I pray, Father, that they might be spread to the far corners of the earth so that the gospel might be preached to those that are lost and undone without Christ. I pray, Father, that you would bless Brother Keith now as he brings the message. Open all of our hearts, open all of our minds, and open all of our ears so that we might gladly and joyfully 
receive the message that you have for us. And I pray, Father, that as we depart from here today, that it would be in a spirit of service, that regardless of where we are or what we're doing, that our life would represent a true and a living Christ. For we make this prayer in his name. Amen. Thank you, Roger and Linda, for your beautiful expression of worship this morning. At this time of worship, I would invite you to follow along with me as we read and reflect on the Word of our God. I'll be reading two different uh, passages of Scripture this morning, beginning in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 13, starting at verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Our second passage this morning comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. May God bless the reading of his word.
His grace still amaze you? Amen. What a great song. What a great song. It is my firm conviction that there are certain sermons that should be preached every year in every pulpit. One of those sermons should be on marriage, at least one, if not a series. And one of those sermons should also be, also be on family or on, or on parenting. That could have a lot of different dynamics. But today happens to be the marriage sermon. There may be more coming later in the year, but I don't need to be the one to tell you that uh, sometimes, sometimes married life can be tough. Sometimes we go through trials and, and uh, uh, we experience great joys, but we also go through great difficulties together. And um, it seems as though uh, there are so many different pressures and things trying to creep in and to destroy marriages uh, today. Second Peter 3.18, which was a scripture that was not uh, listed, but maybe in your notes this morning there in your bulletin. But it says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And my hope and prayer is that you and I as individuals can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but also as couples and those in whom we have relationships that we can do that as well. I chose to speak on marriage the Sunday before Valentine's Day, <clears throat> men, to give you a week to prepare. There are some distractions that may be around today and this evening, and so you have a week now. We know it's already been pointed out in children's sermon that Valentine's Day is next Sunday. So put it on your calendar, put a reminder, do what you have to do, guys. And girls, I guess, as well. But be mindful that that is next Sunday. So I'm, we're preaching on it. So it gives you a week to mull over some things that may come out of the sermon this morning. And then next Sunday, we're going to be talking about what does it look like to offer grace to our children. Whether you have young children or whether you have adult children. What does that look like? And we're going to be talking about that next Sunday. Let me begin by saying a special word of thanks to Renee, who has to offer grace. It's not always easy being a pastor's wife, and she is very understanding and offers that a lot to this uh, young and inexperienced uh, person, so I'm very grateful for that. I do want to share something I jokingly shared with her uh, as we began a relationship or we, as we entered into marriage. I said, you know, honey, I said, is it okay with you? I'll just make all the big decisions, and, 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 you, make all the, and you make all the small decisions. Well, you can imagine how that went over, first of all, but she said, she, she reminded me recently, she said, well, you know, she said, it seems like as though after 15 years of marriage, we haven't had one big decision. <laughs> I'll let you take that one for what, it, what, it, what it's worth there. Um, let me remind you of the passage. It's always good to hear these words and mull them over that Alan read so graciously. Thank you for that, Alan. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. All right, now watch out, Pastor. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith is always hopeful and always endures through every circumstance. Wow. Ephesians 4.29 again read, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment, that it will give grace to those who hear. Wouldn't it be great if we could speak grace with our words to all those to whom we relate, especially those in our home? Who do we often extend more grace to? Is it our coworkers and those we work with and we come in contact with, those here at church, or is it those in our own home? And I think we can all think about and mull over that question, but a lot of times we find it easier to offer grace to those who we don't have as deep a relationship with, but it's much harder when the same mistakes or the same uh, aggravations continue week after week, day after day, and, we, and, we're, and we're living you know, with this, and so we, we, find, we may find it difficult to offer grace. It will help us, though, this morning to set a few things out on the table. Uh, if we will all acknowledge a few things, if we go into this with our defenses up, it may not be as beneficial or as productive as it would otherwise be. If we think our spouse is always the one in need of grace and we are always the one extending it, again, this sermon may not be as effective as it could be. But let's first acknowledge a few things about ourselves. The first thing is, I am not perfect. I want everybody to go ahead and say that out loud. 
I am not perfect. Now I want you to look to someone, hopefully your spouse, and look, look, at them in, look at them in the face, look at them in the eye, and say, I am not perfect. <laughs> or you could look at someone else there. All right, we got a little chatter going on now. Um, confession's good for the soul, isn't it? 1 John 1.8. 1 John 1.8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We are not perfect. Let's also acknowledge that I can make improvements in the way that I extend grace in my marriage. And you can substitute, let me just say this, if you're here today as a college student or someone who wishes you were married or someone who uh, was married or you have relationships in your life, let me just say this, these, these things that we're discussing this morning, the things that I'm preaching can be applied to, to relationships in general. So please be mindful of that if you're here today and, and you're single. Uh, but we can make improvements in the way that we extend grace in marriage. And let me begin by simply defining grace. I don't think we've yet to do that. But grace is unmerited favor. It's God's kindness extended towards us. It's a gift that we have been given that we do not deserve and we do not, we've done nothing to earn it. But it's a gift freely given. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation, he says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So not only do we acknowledge that we're not perfect, we we can make improvements in the way that we extend grace. And the third thing is I do not know everything that I should know about grace. It's kind of a summary of the first two, but I do not know everything I should know about grace. We've talked about this back last summer when we were talking about hospitality and grace-filled hospitality, and we talked about vertical grace, and that's the grace that we've received from God. We've done nothing to earn it. We've done nothing to deserve it. But God saw us as we were in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our shortcomings, and offered us this free gift of His grace. We also talked about horizontal grace. And that grace is a little more difficult for us because it involves us and it involves forgiveness. It involves kindness and understanding. But horizontal grace is that grace that we extend to one another on this plane, you know, of life. And, um, you know, sometimes we're, we're better at doing that than in others. But we've got horizontal grace and we've got vertical grace. And I'm so grateful for the grace that God has given to me through his son. I want to pause in the midst of going through some lists and talking in, in, in the preaching and just say that I, I shared this morning in the starting point that we had in the fellowship hall with, with a, a couple in there. And, um, and some of you have heard me last summer and, and throughout small groups and Bible studies and talk about over the last two years, the single most important thing in my own spiritual growth uh, as pastors, you know, we, and we, we teach on different subjects, we preach on different passages. And there's a lot of different things that we talk about. There's a lot of different things that, that come forth from this pulpit, that come forth from Wednesday nights when we teach and in small groups. But the single most important thing in my life in the last two years that I have learned and grown the most is the subject of grace. If we fully understood it, if we fully understood who we are and what God has given to us and how he has asked us to grow, as Second Peter says, grow in that grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ it would radically change our lives. I am grateful that about two years ago, I began in my own growth a a greater discovery of what grace looks like. It's helped me in my marriage. It's helped me as a parent. It's helped me as as a leader in the church. It's helped me just in my own personal life. And I invite each of you to be open today to how the Lord would want to speak to you in the subject of grace. The last thing that I wanted to mention under things we need to keep in mind is marriage includes troubled times And it takes grace to get through them. I've heard there are three rings in marriage. There's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and suffer ring. (laughs) Um, All will experience it. The grace that we offer each other in the midst of the tough times will help in establishing a foundation that can withstand the storms. Amen? Benjamin Franklin said about marriage, Benjamin Franklin had something wise to say about everything, didn't he? If, some, if you know your history, he had all kind of uh, neat little um, sayings. But he said, keep your eyes wide open before marriage and half shut afterwards. That's pretty good, isn't it? Um, I also want to clear up some misconceptions about grace as it relates to marriage. Because some of you could be going in this direction this morning. God does not want you to be a doormat 
in your relationship where you are continually extending grace and allowing yourself to be walked on. It's getting weighty in here now, isn't it? Grace is not blind, nor does it turn a blind eye to verbal or to physical abuse. Forgiving your spouse, however, does not mean that you must tolerate and accept abusive behavior, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, or marital infidelity. Those types of behaviors are absolutely unacceptable and should never be tolerated by anyone. Living with an attitude of forgiveness toward the abuser is mandatory, but living with the abuser is not. Forgiving another does not mean you must turn the other cheek and become their physical or emotional punching bag. Max Licato on grace and marriage says, grace is not naive or turning a blind eye. If this is you or you know of someone in an abusive relationship, please have them to seek help or you please seek help if that person is you. But let's ask the question now, as we talk about grace and marriage, I want to mention a few things and you have them in your notes there. If you want to uh, fill in some blanks and want to follow along in that way, but what is and is not grace in marriage? What does it look like? What does grace in marriage look like? Grace in marriage is not ignoring the pain when hurt by your spouse, but it is honesty. It's not ignoring the pain when hurt by your spouse, but it is honesty. Grace should always allow free and open communication when an offense has taken place. Ephesians 4, um, 15, Paul writes about speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. That's often difficult, isn't it? A lot of times we speak truth and it's not very lovely. And sometimes we can be so lovely that we're not speaking the truth. This is an important balance in a grace-filled marriage is how do we speak that truth in love? It's very appropriate for the spouse who is the recipient of some type of abuse or some form of mistreatment to say, I love you and I believe that you love me. And if that is the case, then you cannot and you do not have permission to treat me this way. It's acknowledging what's before us, but it's also speaking honestly to our spouse or to our, the one in whom we have a relationship with as well. Grace and marriage is not an endorsement for bad behavior but it is something that leads us to come clean. It's not an endorsement for bad behavior, but it's something that leads us to come clean. Your spouse's forgiveness is not permission to continue bad behavior. God's love for us leads us to serve. It leads us to worship. It leads us to want to honor and obey him. And as we do this, we can't help but come clean. Um, it's great when we can share something, whether it's confession. You know, I said, I said earlier, confession is good for the soul. It's great that when we can, can grow together and we have an environment where we can confess and where we can help someone uh, to move forward. But again, it's not an environment when we extend forgiveness to endorse bad behavior. But grace allows us the permission to come clean. Grace in marriage is not something that makes us... Excuse me, grace in marriage is not something that seeks to control, but it is releasing your spouse to be the person God intended them to be. It's not something that seeks control. Oh my, how we love control. We talked about that this morning in a study that I was in, how we love control, but it is releasing your spouse to be the person that God intended them to be. Grace values the distinct dignity of the other person. And it allows, the beautiful thing about grace is it allows people and gives them the blessing and the permission to be. To be who God has created them to be. You are probably a lot like me when Renee and I were young and married, you know, you're like, well, I like all this about my spouse, but there's this one thing, you know, I, I could change this one, you know, you kind of, you want to you work on that and you pray for that, you know, but, but when grace begins to settle in, you begin to fully accept them. And that love that it's talked about in 1 Corinthians 13 and elsewhere throughout our scripture, we begin to accept someone for how God has truly blessed them and how God has wired them, if you will. Um, again, grace in marriage is not something that seeks to control, but it is releasing your spouse to be the person that God intended them to be. It is not, I love this, it is not your way or the highway, because in many cases, the other may take the highway for good. Grace in marriage is not jealousy or suspicion, but grace in marriage trusts, supports, and encourages. 
I read something this week about a husband who was checking the odometer on his wife's car. He was so jealous and so concerned about all the different things. And he was checking the odometer on the car to see if his wife had went anywhere else uh, during the day. But again, grace in marriage is not jealousy or suspicion, but grace in marriage trust, supports, and encourages. Grace in marriage is not a critical spirit, but it is something that seeks after and then praises the good in the other person. It's not a critical spirit, but it's something that seeks after and praises the good in the other person. The distance that exists within some marriages and in some relationships because of a critical spirit. I have to confess this in my own life, own marriage. Um, If we're all honest, I think we can speak to this. But um, uh, the distance, again, that can be created with a critical spirit and how grace begins to separate that and begins to move us away from this critical spirit. Some of your criticism could be valid, but grace seeks after and when found praises the good in the other person. Grace in marriage is what leads us to a healthier and happier marriage. Grace in marriage is what leads us to a healthier and happier marriage. Grace in marriage is showing patience and forgiveness while humbly admitting your own faults as we started out today. Remember, we stated this this morning by confessing that we are not perfect. Grace in marriage is not bringing up past errors to hold your spouse hostage. How easy this is and how often we do it. Is this an occasional mistake or is it a lifestyle of bad behavior? And if it is, it could be that counseling or somebody outside of the marriage relationship needs to, you need to sit down together and begin to, to work these things out. Grace in marriage is something that allows for trust to be rebuilt once one spouse has been proven untrustworthy. This trust is only built after weeks, months, years of being who you say you are and doing what you say that you'll do. It's hard work that's rebuilding trust, but it's worth it. Some of you have experienced this, and you can speak firsthand that it's hard work, but it's worth it. An example that someone shared with me probably about a year, a year and a half ago. I want to share the details of that with you this morning about someone who extended grace. I think this is a perfect example, and I could share others, but I think this one is worthy of our time this morning. This is from a personal friend of mine who I served with and worked with um, when I was in rural hall. In May of 1990, Mike and I had four, four children, ages two and a half, ages two and a half to 11. And we got the news that my father's five-year battle with cancer was almost over. He was given three to six months to live. We lived in Maryland at the time, and my parents lived in Nashville, Tennessee. We wanted the boys to have as much time with their grandfather as possible, so Mike applies for family leave, and we arrange to spend the summer in Nashville. After school was out at the end of June, we headed to Tennessee. Mike and the boys would follow the 4th of July. On Mike's last day before his leave, his boss came into his office and asked whether it was his dad or my dad who was sick. Mike said it was, it was my dad, meaning the, the wife. Mike said it was my dad, and his boss said, unfortunately, you can't take family leave for your wife's father. Mike left his resignation on his desk and headed to Tennessee. It was the greatest gift Mike has ever given me. He gave up a 16-year career with the same company and was out of work for nine months and never regretted it. Mike and I have been through a lot between my disability and my long unemployment, so this is not the only example of grace, just one of the biggest. If this was a small group setting and we were to ask one another this morning, what are examples of grace in your marriage or in, those, in the relationships with those whom you love, many of you could share personal examples with me. I've been here long enough to see And I won't mention specifics, but I've been here long enough to see how many of you in your own marriages and in your own relationships with your family extend grace. It looks different for each of you. It looks different for each of us. It's not easy. We have been given a great gift in the grace that God has extended to us in Jesus Christ. And it is hard. This is where the faith and practice meet James is a great book that talks a lot about being doers of the word. But this is where it comes together. When we, when we practice and when we talk about and, and live out grace in our life in day-to-day situations. 
a good question that will tell a lot about grace in our marriage is this. Does your spouse, or if you think of, if you're not married today, think about other relationships that you have in your life, does your spouse look forward to being in your presence? It's a simple question. But yet, when the environment is not grace-filled, there could be times where your spouse doesn't look forward to being in your presence. Do those in whom you love look forward to being in your presence? I'm thankful that I serve a God and know a God in a personal way who has called me to be his child. No matter what I do, it doesn't make sense to us because a lot of times, you know, if we, if we do certain things or say certain things to others, you know, there's going to be consequences and um, it's going to be difficult. Somebody may be sleeping in another room or something, you know, but uh, I'm so thankful that our God sees us as we are, mistakes and all. And he continues day after day, week after week, month after month for our entire lives. He extends grace. Roger and Linda, thank you for singing the song. It's by Casting Crowns, the offertory. It's called Broken Together. You and I all have brokenness in our lives. We've all had things um, that have transpired either as a young adult or as a, as a married couple or in our, even in our middle ages or wherever you may be in life. But we all have brokenness. We all have things. We're flawed characters. We're flawed individuals. But yet I'm so thankful for God's grace. And his grace is not just something that we accept and, okay, yay, we've, we've uh, been accepted by the Lord and he's been giving us this grace. But he calls us as children of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to extend that grace to one another, to those that we live with in our own homes, and to those here at church that we sit with on the pew as well. We may not always agree but God has called us to exemplify grace. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the one who has offered this free gift, I invite you to do that. If you're here today and uh, maybe this idea, maybe something in some notes or thoughts that were shared with you this morning has spurred something within you, within your marriage, uh, as far as something to work on, something to think about, I pray that you would allow the Lord and his spirit to have freedom to work and to move not only at this time, but throughout this week and in the coming days. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. It is truly an awesome, an awesome free gift that you have given to each of us. We're thankful that you take broken people, flawed individuals, and that, Father, you use us. You use us to love. You use us to encourage. You use us to share life with one another. Speak to our hearts, Father, not only at this time, but throughout the week about what it means to walk in grace and what it means to live grace and to show and demonstrate grace to those to whom we love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.